1: How many have felt the touch of God and been strengthened by it? This is a personal God again. He wants to renew your youth. He wants you to run and not be weary. He says, and he touched me and he gave me strength. And then look at these words in verse 19. Do not be afraid. O man, highly esteemed. He repeats it. You're loved by God. Then he says, peace, be strong now. Be strong.
0: Do you believe that God is not only for you, that He not only saved you, but that He takes real, genuine interest in every area of your life? Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners that we serve a very personal God. He doesn't just provide us eternal life, then leave us on our own in this world. He wants to be intimately involved. You have the power and ability because of God's strength to overcome any situation you might face. He's greater than any problem this world can offer, and he takes joy in providing for his children. How much do you rely on his abilities today? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel with his continuing study, Prayer and the Unseen World.
1: Remember, God hearing our prayers, it is one thing, but answering them is another. I want you to write this down this morning. All over campus, there are two things that can hinder our prayers. Two things that can hinder our prayers. Number one, things that are our fault. Things that we do that stop God from answering our prayers. And number two, Satan's doing his plan, his spiritual warfare to hinder the word of God coming to us in an answer. That's what we actually see this morning. Now, some of you say, well, this is not applying to me. Of course it applies to us. Because when we pray, we want an answer. God promises to answer. But there are some things that hinder us. I'm going to go through these things fairly fast. I'll start with the things that we do. We make a prayer to God But the ceiling is closed, and nothing seems to come back from God. What hinders God answering our prayer? So write these down very quickly, or you can get to the website, calvaryccm.com. Just go to the notes for this sermon. They'll all be there for you. Number one, we don't pray or ask. Sometimes we don't get an answer from God, the wisdom we need, because we forgot to pray. All of us have done that. I've done that. We, we deal with this thing, and I, my goodness, we forgot to pray. James says it like this, you do not have because you do not ask God. So ask yourself this morning, maybe there's something you've been wishing for, you've been talking about, and it's not happening, and you're saying, God, what's the deal? Well, you haven't asked him. Ask him. Make it simple. Go to him. Number two, when we ask, here's why sometimes our prayers are not answered by God. Our prayers are selfish and not in God's will. God, I want that job. I don't really care about your will. I want that job. You ain't get an answer for that. It isn't going to happen. You see, James 3 says this. When you ask, you do not receive. You don't get an answer because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend it on what you get on your pleasures. Sometimes our prayers, all of us, they're too selfish. So we're always praying for us. And God's really trying to say, It's not about you. Get off of you for a while. I'll take care of you. Would you pray for others? Number three, a big one. Why don't we get some prayers answered? There is unconfessed sin in our lives. Look what this says, Isaiah 59. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what kind of a God is that? Well, it's a God that's more concerned for your relationship with Him than what He's going to answer your prayer for. You see, Christianity is a relationship. And my sin, unconfessed sin, breaks my communion with God. And it's like the heavens are frozen. I can't get anything to. Do. So God says, look, get the sin, understand what it is. Well, I don't know what it is. He'll tell you. Somebody here this morning. Your relationship with God is not good because there's a sin. You know what it is. You refuse to repent. Remember, we have to take responsibility for our sin. So if you just simply do that, then he will answer your prayer because he wants you to be in right relationship with him. Now, here's another one that will seem very strange to you, but it's so clear. It's so clear. Watch this. We are stingy and not generous with God. Now, how many of you know our God's a generous God? Our God's a generous God. We know that. We'll see that in a moment in the book of James. Look at this first part. Give, and it will be what? Given to you. Let's reverse that. Don't give, and you won't get it. Does that make sense to anybody at our campuses? If I give, I'm God promises you What? So if I give my time, I give serving, I'm going to serve for wind camp or, or men's conference, the ladies' conference. If I give, if I give my tithes and offerings, if I do this, God promises to do what? Give back to me. So let's read on. Uh, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running, or will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If you're stingy with God, you'll be stingy with you. You set the pace. Understand that. And sometimes we just don't believe God. Pat, I knew you'd get around the money, God. I knew you'd get around the money. No, it's serving. It's everything. See, this is the principle. Look at the next one. This is a huge one. We have unforgiveness against someone. Mark eleven twenty five. When you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Same deal. Understand our relationship with God. Love God, love people. It's the cross. The cross is vertical. Our relationship with God. First four of the Ten Commandments our relationship with God. The, the horizontal, our relationship with people. The last six are there. So God says, look, if you've got a problem with a person and they've hurt you and you refuse to forgive them, it affects your relationship with God. So first, don't go to God in prayer. First, go to the person. Ask forgiveness. Then your relationship with God is right. Some of you this morning, you simply need to do that at our campus. You have something against a person. And it doesn't mean that they were right. It doesn't mean that everything they've done is right, of course. You just have to forgive them. You have to say, God, I don't, I don't want to forgive them, but I know I should. The reason we forgive people is because you didn't deserve to be forgiven, either did I, but Jesus did it for us. So you have to go to that person, and once you do and, and, and set that right, you probably won't be a close friend with them, but you set it right, you ask God to forgive you, you forgave them, then what happens in my relationship with God? My prayers are heard again. A big one is also this. The reason some of our prayers are hindered is we pray the prayer, but we simply don't believe God's going to answer. Listen to this. We don't believe, we lack faith that God will answer. Well, the book of James says it like this. If you need wisdom, watch this, ask our generous God. There was the answer to the other question I gave you. And he will give it to you. But but he will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. When you ask, believe that God can answer it. You don't pray and go, God, this is my last resort. Maybe you can answer this prayer. Good luck. You have to mix it with prayer. God, I know nothing's impossible with you. Let's say it together. Nothing is impossible with God. So is any prayer off the charts? No. Nothing's impossible with God. But I have to believe that. And I have to sometimes say to God, God, help my unbelief. So if I'm not praying with faith, it's not going to happen. Now, here's one for sure most of you don't get, but it's very important. Marital problems. Husbands and wives in conflict. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner. Some of you guys, wait a minute. I'm the head of this home. No, she's your equal partner. Can I hear an amen from the ladies? Yeah. See, guys, watch out now. You're in trouble. But she is your equal... You'll fight over that? Don't do that. She is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be what? Hindered. You wander in your home. You're praying for a wayward son, daughter. Nothing's happening. Partly could be whose fault? Yours. Because you're not in unison. Difficult thing. Because we all... We, we all struggle in our marriages because we're all humans. We're so different. So get it solved this morning. Now, when you think of all of these, let me ask you a question. Why did God put these things that hinder our prayers in the Bible? Make us feel bad? No, he put them in the Bible. Watch me. He put them in the Bible so I could know what's hindering my prayer. And when I know what it is, I have to fix it. So the things I gave you are from God saying, I want to answer your prayer. But here's the problem. It's up to you to correct it. Then I will answer your prayer. Isn't God amazing? You're not like, I wonder what's happening in my prayer life. I don't know anything that's wrong. I just gave a bunch to you this morning. So what are you going to do with that? You have to correct it. I have to correct it. Don't blame somebody else. Take responsibility for those areas and say, God, I was wrong. Here's what I need you to help me with. Now, God in his wisdom answers our prayers three ways. This is another hour teaching. I don't have time to go there. Here's how he answers our prayers. Yes, and when God answers our prayers, we give a high five immediately to God. Thank you, Jesus. But God also answers our prayers. This isn't good for you. The longer you serve God, the more you realize the no answers were better than the yes answers. Because it kept you from some crazy, crazy thing that you were going to do. And looking back, you go, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. At the moment, you go, what's wrong with you, God? God says, what's wrong with you? Number three, wait. Sometimes we just have to wait because our timing is not right. So that's the way God answers our prayer. Now, so those are about us. The next thing we see is Satan hindering our prayers. Satan is hindering Daniel, a human, his prayer. Now watch. Go back to verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me. That's why I didn't get through. Heard the prayer on day one. Resisted me for how many days? 21 day. So there's this there's this invisible battle in the heavens between an angel and a demon. And they're fighting, trying to get the answer to Daniel. Then Michael. It's such a big fight. Another angel after comes. Michael, the chief princess, another angel from God comes to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So God, Daniel's prayer is heard on day one, but Satan immediately is trying to hinder Daniel from receiving God's answer. All of a sudden... The curtain is drawn back. That verse draws the curtain back. And we see in the heavenlies, only by faith, only by what the scripture says, we can't look up there and see it. But there's a spiritual battle that's invisible. Now it's between a demon that's over the nation of Persia and two angels. It took the second angel, notice, Michael, to overcome that demon and bring the answer. So this is a picture of what happens with spiritual warfare. You say, well, that's neat there, but it really doesn't have anything to do with me. Oh, yes, it does. See, we're part of this spiritual warfare. So here's the way Paul writes it. Look at this. Ephesians 6, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Let me stop for a moment. The real battle is not against people. If you're fighting with your spouse, your wife or husband, of course there are people. But they're being influenced if they're unforgiving or they've done something wrong or you've done something. They're being influenced by who? Satan. By demons. So the real problem is what? Is it people? No. The real problem is the, inf- is the influence of Satan on people. Do you get it? The real enemy is not ISIS. It's Satan over all of this. Of course. So we are not fighting flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the what kind of world? Unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. This is a spiritual warfare in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan that's been ongoing since day one. Since those demons, those angels fell, that's been happening ever since day one. So here's what you don't have to write this, but understand this. Christ followers are part of an invisible spiritual war. It isn't just about prayer, it's about our homes, our marriages, our country. It's a war between good, and evil, God and Satan, demons and angels in heaven and hell. Now, when Satan was originally an angel created by God, he, he, he got jealous of God. He rebelled against God. He wanted to be like God. So he made a statement, "I'm going to overcome you, and I'm going to be better than you, God." And God kicked him out of heaven. When he left, he took one third of the angels with him. They became demons. Satan's world is here. It's on this earth. He was given that. And the demons are part of his army. Now, that left God in heaven with two-thirds of the angels that were left. Millions. We don't know how many there are. And these are the good and the the loyal angels. True or false? Two-thirds always beats one-third. Let's see. Three divided by two. Is the answer true or false? Okay, half of you don't know it yet. Is that answer true or false? Two-thirds always beat. So what does that say to you? Two-thirds. Who are the two-thirds? They're the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God always defeats the kingdom of Satan. Do you get it? Do you get it? Well, Pastor Mark, I'm worried today. You're talking about demons. I think I saw one in the car this morning. No, they're very real. We don't make fun of them. But we're on the winning side. Two-thirds always defeat a third. By the way, lots of people think it's the battle between God and Satan. Satan is a created being. God's always been. Satan will never defeat God, ever. And who is your heavenly father this morning? God. He's a good, good father. So we don't make fun of it because it's war. It's very personal. It's actually about your soul. Where are you going to spend eternity? But we don't get weird with it because the Bible doesn't give us a lot. Now, it gives us enough for us to be concerned. Notice, this prince of the Persian kingdom was a demon controlled by Satan. We have these different ranks. And it seems in the scripture as we go through this, that this demon was assigned to Persia, to impact Persia, to defeat anything God wanted to do in the nation of Persia, Look at verse 14. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, the Jews in the future. For the vision contained uh, concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I was bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips. And I opened my mouth and began to speak. And I said to the one standing before me, oh, I'm getting a little shaky. I'm overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I'm helpless And watch the response. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can can hardly breathe. And again, the one who looked like a man touched me. And he gave me strength. How many have felt the touch of God and been strengthened by it? This is a personal God again. He wants to renew your youth. He wants you to run and not be weary. He says, and he touched me. And he gave me strength. And then look at these words in verse 19. Do not be afraid. O man, highly esteemed. He repeats it. You're loved by God. Then he says, peace. Be strong now. Be strong. Daniel is overwhelmed by what's happening. And the angel comes with words of encouragement. All of us need words of encouragement. I want you to write these three specific things down, he says. Number one, he says, and I'll use you and me this morning, Christ follower, do not be afraid, but be at peace. Why? Satan is a defeated enemy. I don't want anybody walking out of here today and go, wow, that, that picture of that indivisible world, that's so scary to me. No, it's real, but there's nothing to be fearful of. Daniel, there's nothing to be fearful of because When we saw the battle, did the prayer get through to you, Daniel? Yes, it did. So understand this morning, two-thirds always defeats one-third. Satan is already a defeated enemy. Now, at Calvary, the Bible tells us that when Jesus died for our sins, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. I don't have any fear of dying anymore as a Christian because I know where I'm going. He defended hell. I, I have no, no option at all to go to hell when I'm a Christian now. And basically, the grave. Why, why would you even worry about it? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Now, the problem is, he, he, God still allows Satan to have limited power on this earth. That will happen until the second coming. Why? Because, basically, he wants man to have a choice. You can't have a choice if there's no Satan. The choice would always be God. So Satan is still there. He's roaming. He's trying to get people to stay in his kingdom. Remember, when Jesus was being tempted, remember what happened? Satan, in one of his temptations, says, if you'll just bow down to me, you can have the whole world. Well, how could he say that? Because he rules the whole world, but it's coming to an end. He will be in the lake of fire. Number two, by the way, you remember this verse? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Well, who's in the world? Satan. Satan. Who's greater than you? The Holy Spirit. God, the third person of the Trinity. He lives in you. Don't worry about who comes around the corner. He's defeated. Greater is He that's in you. Now, you and me against Satan? We're dead meat. God? No problem. No problem. Number two, don't be afraid, but be at peace. Shalom. God hears and answers our prayer. That's what we learned today. Didn't matter the battle. Daniel didn't know what was happening. But God heard his prayer, got it to him. He prayed humbly, and he answered Daniel. God will answer our prayers. Remember this verse? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open For everyone, everyone, everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to him who has knocked, the door will be open. That verse really says this. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Here's a 13 you want to write. Be strong now, Daniel. Persistence is the key to answered prayer. Ephesians 6 says, but pray in the spirit at all times and every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, sometimes we pray for people and we give up. I've often thought in this passage what if David and Daniel had stopped praying at day 10? Listening to Satan. He's not going to answer you. Just stop praying. I don't know whether he would have got an answer or not. But some of us, some of you this morning, a friend, a relative, prodigal son, daughter, all kinds, maybe a neighbor. I've been there. You just stop giving up. You stop praying because nothing's happening. Can I encourage you this morning? Put him right back on your prayer list. Stop praying. Daniel was persistent. In his praying. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking.
0: There are two things that can hinder our prayers, one being our fault and one being Satan's. Today Pastor Mark taught us how all Christ followers are part of an invisible spiritual war between good and evil. God and Satan, demons and angels in heaven and hell. Viewing our prayer life as going to battle can help create discipline and a competitive spirit towards our war with the enemy. Satan wants us to doubt and fear, but we hold a power greater than him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Why the rapture? What is God's purpose? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will address some burning questions regarding end times prophecy. There will be two phases of Jesus' return. First, coming for the church, and second, coming with the church. Are you confident you will be caught up with Jesus in the clouds? You won't want to miss the opportunity to meet him in the air and enter heaven. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Daniel. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurting world A new hope he is giving